Chapter sixty three of No Quarter. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by John Brandon. No Quarter by Thomas Maine Reed. Chapter sixty three. An Exciting Epistle. Trevor, cried the Colonel to his troop captain, now also upon his feet and sharing his excitement send out an orderly to summon harley and our other officers perhaps you had best go yourself you know where to find them i suppose i think i do colonel use all dispatch as we've made up our minds to this thing the sooner we're in the saddle the better the counsel to make haste was little called for eustace trevor itched to be in the saddle as ever disciple of st hubert on the first day of fox-hunting but just as he was about to step over the threshold of the outer door he saw a party approaching evidently with the design to enter two individuals they were a man and a woman still within the dim light of the overshadowing houses for all he had no difficulty in recognizing them colossal stature as theirs was far from common the pair being rob wild and winnie he saw them with some surprise at least the woman for he had not expected seeing her there there she was though and as quick intuition told him her presence might have some bearing on that he was about to issue forth for he awaited their coming up soon they stood at the door face to face with him the sergeant saluting soldier fashion while the woman curtsied you winifred exclaimed the young officer i was not aware of your being in gloucester her hand been in it more'n ten minutes captain said the sergeant speaking for her i had just lets her in at the gate her be wantin a word wi the colonel She'll be welcome to that, I'm sure, but first go in yourself and see. This was in accordance with military etiquette, indeed regulations. No stranger admitted to the presence of a commanding officer without being announced, and permission given. Rob himself came not under the rule, and was about to pass inside, when a thought occurring to Captain Trevor, the latter turned upon his heel and preceded him well wild what is it asked sir richard as they entered the room eagerly too seeing that the features of the big sergeant wore a portentous expression any trouble with your gate guard no colonel nothing of that some news come in just so sir richard and not o oh, the best neither indeed what news whence fra rurdine or to speak more particular fra hollymead house both colonel and captain were now all ears no spot on the habitable globe had such interest for them as hollymead house and from nowhere was intelligence so eagerly desired tell it sergeant was the impatient command a party o the king's soldiers be quartered there cavalry 
"'Oh, God!' exclaimed Eustace Trevor, almost in a groan, the knight also showing grievously affected. "'How did you get this news?' "'When I brought it.' "'When?' "'Yes, Colonel. Herbie outside the door, waiting permission to speak wi' you. She had been trusted wi' a letter from the young ladies. Bring her in instantly.' "'Singular coincidence, Trevor,' said Sir Richard, as the sergeant passed out, already at Hollymead. Just what we've been fearing.' "'Indeed so, and all the more reason for our being there, too.' "'I wonder who they are. Lingens, think you?' "'Rob says they're quartered there. That would hardly be Lingens.' so near his own garrison at Goodridge, more like some of Lord Herbert's horse from Monmouth, and I hope it may be they. Aye, true. It might be worse, but we'll soon hear. The cageress can tell, no doubt, and it'll be in the letter. The door reopening showed the forest Amazon outside, Rob conducting her in. They could see that she was wet to the waist, her saturated skirt clinging around limbs of noble outline, while her heaving bosom, with the heightened color of her cheeks, told of a journey but just completed and made in greatest haste. "'You have a letter for me?' said Richard, interrogatively, as she stepped inside the room. "'Yes, Your Honor, Fra Hollymead.' She spoke with hand raised to her head as if adjusting one of the plaits of her hair. Instead, she was searching among them for the concealed epistle, which, soon found, was handed over to him, for whom it was intended. No surprise to Sir Richard at seeing a thing more like curl-paper than letter. It was not the first time for him to receive such in a similar way, and straightening it out under the lamplight, he was soon acquainted with its contents. So far from having the effect of allaying his excitement, they but increased it, and he cried out to the sergeant, as he had to the trumpeter, Quick to the men's quarters, Wild, and help getting all ready for the route. Hubert's there by this time, and will have sounded the assembly. Read that, Trevor, there's something that concerns you. And he handed the letter to his troop captain, the sergeant hurried away, leaving Wynne to be further questioned by the colonel, and while this was going on, the young officer perused the epistle to be affected by it in a similar fashion. It ran thus. Ill tidings, Richard. Prince Rupert here, with his escort, about two hundred, has just arrived, and intends staying the night. Indeed, till father return home, he says. I hope father will not come home, unless you come with him. I'm sure they mean him harm. That horrid man Lunsford is in the prince's suit. Reginald Trevor, too. Winnie will tell you more. I fear to lose time in writing. Dear Richard, come if you can. So the body of the epistle, with below a postscript, in a different handwriting, well known to Eustace Trevor, Dearest Eustace, we are in danger, I do believe. The words were significant, and no form of appeal for rescue could have been more pressing. Nor was such needed, 
neither any urging of haste upon the men thus admonished never was squadron of cavalry sooner in the saddle after getting orders than was walwyn's horse on that night in less than twenty minutes later they went at a gallop through the northwestern gate of gloucester opened to give them exit then on along the flooded causeway riding rowels deep plunging and flinging the spray drops high in air till every man was dripping wet from the plume in his hat to the spurs upon his heels end of chapter sixty three recording by john brandon